If you would put your hands together and give God praise and welcome Brother Morgan as he comes. Continue giving that to the Lord here today. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he great? He's high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. Angels and elders cry, holy, holy, holy unto him. None like him, none before him. None equal to him. None greater than him. Come on. He's still Alpha and Omega. He's still the beginning and the ending. He's still the first and the last. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 Praise God. What a tremendous moment to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. I am infatuated with the book of Acts, um, the Acts of the Apostles, Theophilus, Luke's writings to the church about the birth of the church, how we began, our origin, our day of beginnings. Uh, the, ex, the second chapter of Acts is breathtakingly refreshing. Amen. I like the word suddenly. Not predictable, not programmable, but suddenly. I pray often, if not daily, for the baptism of suddenly. I'm so fearful that the apostolic church has become so programmable and predictable that we have lost suddenly. Do you remember the seasons or moments or church services when it hits you suddenly? Just just give me a minute. I, we We... We are so, um, we know what songs to sing to get people to respond a certain way. We, we know fast or slow or medium. We got everything figured out. But when I was a boy, when I was a younger boy, <clears throat> I like that much better. Um, I, I can remember sitting there on the church pews and, and being a little bored. I'm going to be honest, you know, typical. Church is going on. It's not much for a five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old. And then all of a sudden, it, somebody drop a bomb in that place. And my boredom quickly turned to absolute fascination. I've seen hairdos disappear quicker than a magic act. And I'm not talking about the hairdos we got today. I'm talking about hairdos. About three foot high on top of people's heads and um, things in there that probably shouldn't have been in there, but you know, how many remembers? I, I call them rat balls. It's probably not just a big ball of yarn, just a rat ball. Or a, I've seen a Quaker oat barrels, boxes put on there, and hair. But when the Holy Ghost hit that place, it was like shotguns being fired. Just. Now, now I come in and everything is just so pretty. I mean, we are pretty today. Thank you. We are pretty. You look pretty today. You are so predictable pretty today. I wonder what would happen if suddenly the Holy Ghost would hit this place. Well, if you'll preach real good and tell us something we don't know or excite us about the journey, we'll get up and scream and holler back at you, and we may make it to the aisle, and we'll shout a little bit, talk in tongues a little bit, and, and, and we'll call that a good church service. That's not what happened. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place, and suddenly they're coming You know what brings on a sudden experience when people come together? One accord. One accord. One accord. Is there a bass player here today? It, it okay. Come play the bass. You, come on. 
That's what I want. Key of G. Key of F. Whatever key you choose. Just make some noise. Are you ready? You're not a very good bass player. That's all right. We're going to help you. You're looking good. Help him. Well, we're going to get you a chord. Just hang on. We're going to get you one chord so we can all be in one accord. There you go. There you go. You are now the church bass player. Turn him up. Hit, go the third fret. Go, let me see you, come over here. Hit that right there. Put your thumb, there you go. I just hit that string. There you go, you good. Hit it again. There you go, you're a bass player now. There you go. You ready? One, two, three. Go to F. Go to something minor, major. There you go. There you go. That's what I want right there. Hit that. Hit that. Hit that. That's how we sound in church. Hit it again. Oh, that didn't make you want to shout? Hit it again. And this is what we do. We say, let's all clap, or let's all stand, or let's all pray. And we are so distracted and we are so programmed and we are so out of kelter and we are out of key and we are not in one accord. The key of G. I think, is that G? Or is that F? Right there, G. Hit that, G. Sounds a little better, doesn't it? That's in a chord. That's three people doing the same thing together at the same level. And it's not, I'm ready to preach. We're going to preach, but it's not, it's not, we've had worship and we didn't worship. We've had preliminaries and we didn't much care about them. And so now we're coming to preaching and we're going to take our spiritual popcorn and tilt back in our recliners and say, if you can move me, I'll respond. See, that's, that's, that's the misunderstanding in Pentecost. That's not a suddenly atmosphere. A suddenly atmosphere says, I have come today to do my part. I have come today to do my part. I've not come today to be a spectator. I've not come to look around. I've come to do my part. I've come to do my part. Amen. I've come to do my part. I'm going to say it till you get it. I've come to do my part. I'm not going to spectate. I'm not going to look. I'm going to do my part. Oh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, oh, you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Make his praise known. I get it Sunday morning, but we are in a season of change. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, congregation. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are the sons? I need to hear some sons this morning. I need to hear the sons of God today. Not servants, but sons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, the mundane's got to go. The mundane's got to go. The status quo has got to go. We will not slide back into normalcy. This is the year. This is the season. This is the moment. I will not miss it by complacency. Come on, I feel the challenge of the Holy Ghost here today to break out of our normalcy. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a suddenly. I feel a suddenly. I feel it building. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God forbid, God forgive us of our predictabilities. God help us. For hundreds and hundreds of years, they had been instructed when Messiah comes, when Messiah comes, when Messiah comes, when Messiah comes. Preachers preached it every Sunday. When Messiah comes, when Messiah comes. I don't want to wear you out, but I need you to get this. When Messiah comes, when he comes, the blind will see. When he comes, the lame will walk. When he comes, the kingdom of God will come when Messiah comes. And they had built their entire religion on the doctrine when it comes, when it comes, when it comes, when it comes. So that when it came, they would not, they did not, they missed it. I am so fearful of this particular moment. May I just be me today that this church, this particular Sunday morning group, we'll talk to Sunday night tonight, has heard so many times when it comes, when it comes, when it comes, when it comes, that now that it is here, you are drunk on when it comes and you cannot see that it is here. Let me tell you what would happen if you believed it was here. You wouldn't have a Sunday morning only religion. Thank you, elder. You wouldn't only show up on Sunday morning. Well, that's not our dynamics. Well, you can have whatever dynamics you want to, but the Bible says when you're drunk on his soon return, you'll show up more, not less. Hmm. But hang on, when it comes, we'll show up more. When it comes, we'll teach Bible studies. When it comes, we'll shout and talk in tongues. When it comes, we'll fix our broke marriage. When it comes, I'll be sanctified and righteous and holy. It is not coming. It is not coming. No, sir, it didn't come like you thought. No, sir, he didn't break down the front door and announce his here. He just slipped in like he always does. But I'm telling you on Sunday morning, it is here. You hear me? We, we may say some of this tonight, but you hear me right now. When the Jerusalem revival was forecasted, when it was prophesied, when they knew that Jerusalem was the seedbed of the apostolic church, it was not the apostolic revival that first broke out. It was Simon the sorcerer bewitching the people. Anytime you see a major attack of spiritual activity, Anytime the adversary targets a man, a woman, a home, or a church, it is not to destroy them for simply destroying them's sake. It is the fact that the enemy has a more keen awareness of God's timing than the church does. And because the enemy circled the bullseye on this church and has done everything in his power to disrupt, dismantle, Discord, disunity. Somebody ought to wake up and say, 
That is Simon. But if Simon's here, that means the real is here too. You can fall for Simon. Or you can wait on the outpouring of the real, awesome, genuine We are, we are so much, we are so much like the day when Jesus showed up then like he has today. We're drunk on when he comes, when he comes, when he comes. That we are so programmable that we miss the heralding, the grand announcement when Messiah stood among them and said, give me the book of Isaiah. And they delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And he opened the book to where it was written. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he hath anointed me to unlock prison doors. To heal the wounded. To deliver the crippled. He said, that that was prophesied is upon me now. And he closed the book. And gave it again to them. He said we won't do any more quoting from here on out. Today. Today. Well you know preacher. We're, we're down a little bit in number. And we've never had a sickness hit us like this has hit us. We're pretty well decimated. So if you'll give us a moment to prepare. If you'll give us a moment to get ready. We'll be more we'll be more prone to celebrate his coming. But today's not a good day. That's exactly what they told Jesus when Jesus said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. There is a wave of apostolic revival. There is a seedbed of the apostolic in this building this morning. There are so many precious things that God has promised and forecasted for this congregation. Oh, dear God, why do we have such a hard time believing when he shows up and says, Today is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Here's what we're battling. Because I have an open Bible, because my notebook is open, you are waiting on us to do what is customary for us to do. You are missing the fact that I am preaching right now. Because you are programmed. You are ready to do it your way and not God's way. This revival is not your way. This revival is God's way. That's why there's going to be dynamic change in the near future. Hear me, hear me. It's necessary, it's mandated because it's the will of God. Because God needs somebody that will believe I have come to do what you have been believing me to do. Don't push me out. Don't, don't abort the moment. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, if you ever need a cabinet made, boy, you, you want to get, you want to get Mary's boy. If you ever need something fixed, that little fellow right there, he's good at fixing things. And that little fellow was standing up there saying, today, today, right here, right now, I'll do it right here, right now. I'll do what you have preached me able to do. You didn't get it. I will do what you said I'm capable of doing today. And you know what they did? Joseph's son. It is. Is he not the carpenter's boy? He is. And in that statement, they took the divine moment and they shelved it. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we make the will of God and the things of God so supernatural and so mystic. It's not. It's practical. 
and you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall take up any deadly thing and it will not harm thee. You shall tread upon serpents. Don't fear them. You shall cast out devils. You'll trump them. Watch. You shall. You shall. You shall. He never said, I will send the angels that will go before thee. I will overshadow you with glory and power and dominion and might. It will be a visible mantle that you wear. He just simply said, you will be me there. Practical. You are waiting on angels. You are waiting on a ladder. You are waiting on a divine manifestation of a theophany. You're waiting on the trumpets to blare or the screen to play and say, you, I have angels on top of you. They're going to surround you. They're going to encompass you. It won't work that way. The revival is going to happen when servants man up and be sons. Can we make it real today? How many, we say this every service. It's kind of an oxymoron, but nevertheless, how many need something from the Holy Ghost today? How many really need God today? It's not a trap. You walked in here today saying, I, I, I got to have something today. Something got to happen today. So, um, if you believe that you are his son, if you believe that he would not withhold any good thing from you, why are you not already? Because we don't believe. We believe in a future. And we believe in a past. But we do not believe in a present. We don't. We believe in the great days of yesterday. We believe in the potential of tomorrow. But we do not believe that we are today. What they were yesterday and what we shall be tomorrow. We have hit the escape clause. We've hit the small print. And we're going to abort and negate the most precious moment. Of all of our existence because we simply cannot wrap our heads around the fact that what we have prayed for, what we have longed for, because it didn't show up like we thought it would, it is not here. See, we thought television cameras would be on the parking lot. Yes, you did. You thought a casket would be here and somebody would get up out of the casket and they'd say, oh, look what God's doing at Antioch. Antioch's the place. You didn't know that it was going to start with a mind transplant. You didn't know it was going to start with you turning to the one you're standing next to and praying for them until holy angels fell from heaven. You were looking for a great thing. And God is looking for a thing. Boy, we're in the Holy Ghost here today. No, I didn't take a text, and no, I don't have a title, except open your ears and listen. Because if you miss your moment, if you miss your moment, the sin of this generation will attach itself to you, and you won't be here to worry what's going to happen in the next 20 years. No, God wouldn't do that to us. That's exactly what Israel thought. That's a little what Saul thought. He will do it to us, but that's not going to happen because there's too many here that have the potential of hearing. I'm fascinated. Stay standing. I'm fascinated when he said this day is the scripture fulfilled in your. Why didn't he say in your sight? Because he knew they would never allow him to operate. He said, I have preached to you what could happen. I have explained to you what should happen. But it will be just a hearing thing with you. You'll hear about it, but you won't see it. And he left them and went down the road. And there he did many. Are you with me this morning? He backed up from the pulpit when he sensed their resistance. And he said there were many widows in Israel. But only unto one was he sent. There were many lepers, but only unto one was he sent. Watch. You had the plurality of many, 
But only unto one singular was the Holy Ghost sent to. Why? Because most people will not, cannot believe for their moment. You, today, if I told you that there's an angel standing just to your right, your left, my right, right over here, standing over you with a flaming sword, waiting for you to dispatch it and you to tell it what to do. But it's just for you today. Hmm. Hang on just a minute. Here's what I need you to do. You're in need of a miracle. You're the widow woman. You're in need of a miracle. So what I want you to do is go get me something to drink. And as he turned to get him something to drink, the prophet said, and by the way, fix me a cake. Watch. He trapped her by doing something she was capable of. Give me the drink. I know where there's water. There's plenty of water right now. And as she turned to do what she was capable of, when she was committed to the journey, he said, by the way, fix me a cake. And she said, I don't have enough. And he said, well, how much do you have? She said, I've got enough for I and the lad. And when I fix this, we'll die. She said, you don't know what you're asking of me. You're asking me to give you my life. You're asking me to believe that you are in control of all of my life, not part of my life. That you order my steps every day, not some days. And so when she said, but I will give you, thank you, I will give you a cake. And she fixed him the cake and submitted, we're going to die. Son, we're going to die. And when she fixed the cake and gave it to him, she just happened to walk back through and glimpse the barrel and the same amount that was there. And she said, well, would you look at that? I've got enough to fix the cake now. And she fixed that cake. And when it's time for the next cake, they was there. And the next cake, it, that's why Jesus said there was only one widow. Because all the other widows, when they were asked to do what they thought they could not do, they did it anyway. No. I need you to get this. I understand the magnitude of the prophetic that is upon this church. I understand the depth of the Holy Ghost that walks through this church. I understand the reach, worldwide reach of this church. But God would not ask you to do what you are not capable of giving him. Because when you give him your little bit and your last, he is God enough to supply your every need, your everyday need, and all your needs. If she would have argued with God, had she argued with the prophet, had she said, I just can't give you my last. I cannot trust you. I do not believe in this thing. The wrestling match in this place today, at this season of this congregation, and I'm talking about the whole church, not part of it, but the whole church, is we do not yet fully believe that what he has promised he is capable 
and able to do. Here's an old saying. People that believe will put their money where their mouth is. You know why? Because money is the medium that we exchange our most precious commodity for. You will sell your life for money. You don't believe me? What do you get made? What do you get paid an hour? What do you make a week? What's your annual salary? What do they pay you that for? Time. You have an ability that is governed and exchanged by time. You work 40 hours, you're going to get 40 hour. Hey, some of you think we're going to take an offering, so you get a little quiet here today. And we may take an offering here today. And it may be the thing God needs us to do here today. But more than that, you need to believe that if Christ is in your midst and he says, today I have come to do what I have promised you I would do. For there to be even a split second hesitation. If I were to judge the moment, I would say you either don't don't believe in him or you don't believe in you. You either don't believe that he's got it or you don't believe that you're good enough. You don't believe in the genetic pool of which you supposedly come from. You don't believe that you're a true son of God. And that's why Galatians 4 said, and if ye are sons. You are, but if you are. You are, but if you are. If I am, why are you asking me if I am? Because it's not enough to be born a son. You have to think like a son. Genetically, you're right. Genetically, when you repent, you're baptizing your field. You are genetically right. But because you're genetically right, don't mean you're mentally right. And the struggle right now is to believe that in 2016... And all the hell that some of you have endured and gone through. And all the... Hmm. Hmm. And there it is. It's, it's almost like the abused wife syndrome. The only time you think you can shout, the only time you think you're worthy of God's blessings and love is when God or the preacher is kicking your teeth out. Did I lose my hearing or did it get quiet? I pastored a woman one time whose husband used her as a punching bag. He really did. And uh, the hardest thing for me was to get her to believe that that's not how God does things. Because here's what she'd do. He had convinced her that through his rough kicking and hitting and screaming and slapping, That's how he proved love. And because she was such a creature that needed love, she would provoke him. He would beat her. And that was her way of feeling like he loved her. That's not a relationship. That's not a relationship. This church is ready to respond. But you should not have to be pushed, prodded, or beat right now. You should be so divinely in love with your potential and your future that when you hear me say, today is your day, it ought to have ripped the roof off this place. But because we have so ingrained a culture among us that we have to be kicked into submission or beat into obedience, that seems to be the only language we are keen to perceive. That's not how God does it. I'm going to say it one more time. Everything that Bishop 40 plus years ago walked into this city preaching and believing 
every seed that was planted through he or any minister or ministry, every seed was divinely recorded. God knows exactly where it's planted. I feel some boldness right now. He knows exactly where it's planted. He put the date of plant on it. He said, the fruition date is up to me. But you cannot go into this world bearing precious seed and it not come back to me. Pressed down, shaken together. and The great record keeper is in this building. The great record keeper has given this church a divine season of reaping. You're not just going to reap souls. You're going to reap the prophetic. You're going to reap moments. You're going to reap. You need to let that go right now. did not thank you. I, I didn't know what God was doing with me right there until this particular moment right now. But I took my pen and I wrote down and I said, they can weep but where is their joy? I wrote this off hotel stationery sitting right there. I said, they can weep but where is their joy? Let me tell you something. If every time me and my wife got intimate or every time we had a conversation, she was weeping with me, something's wrong with our relationship. How come you can weep, but you can't have joy? I put a line under it. I sat there for a few more minutes and then this came to me. Nobody ever invites anybody to a funeral. When's the last time your best friend called you and said, hey, my Aunt Effie died. Would you like to come with me? Nobody invites people to funerals. I hope you can translate that. But everybody wants to be invited to a party. I put a line under that and said, this is supposed to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why, when I told you your moment came, you wanted to weep about it. And there is the issue. And there's not enough sermons in my book. There's not enough sermons I can prepare that can preach you out of that until you are ready to have a mind transplant. Look, folks, weeping may endure for a season. Okay, so you got the hell knocked out of you. Cry about it. She's watching. She's the love of my life. She is my better part. I worship my wife. But let me tell you something. When I left her Friday, I hugged her close and she was weeping. And I looked her deep in her eyes and I said, you look at me. You have earned the right to cry. You hear me? You've earned the right. Within 90 days, we had a boy leave our house. We had another boy get married. We resigned our church. We moved across country. My youngest was diagnosed with a tumor. Let me tell you something about change. I know about it. And I also know that there are seasons when God says, cry.
cry it full. Have at it. Have a good one. But then there's a season when he says, grow up. Look at me, church. Put it away. This moping and groping and belly aching and griping and depression, it's got to go. God's been too good to this church for you to walk in here on Sunday morning and act like we're in a funeral possession. It is joy unspeakable. It is full of glory. We've got the greatest gift ever. You ought to shout about it. You ought to thank your lucky stars you're saved and sanctified. Come on. It feels like fire shut up in my bones. It's still joy unspeakable and full of glory. Shout, shout, shout about it. I'm done, but you're not. I'm done, but you're not. I'm done, but you're not. Put your hankies away. Joy has come. Behold, the day breaketh. Come on. My eyes are swollen. My tears cease not. But I sense the breaking of a day. And when the day breaks, weeping can cease. My weeping is over because joy cometh, joy cometh, joy. There's joy coming to this church. There's a joy unspeakable baptism coming to this church. Would you be honest with me just a minute? Will you be honest with me just a minute? Is there anybody here that would take your left hand and raise it and say, Preacher, in the last week, month, six months, or year, all hell has broke loose in my world. Leave it up. It's hard to walk out of that season into a new season. Because when enough negativity comes at you, you start believing you've earned it. It's just your lot in life. But Christ did not design the church to live in a constant state of tears or mourning. For with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Joy, 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 unspeakable joy, life-changing joy. So if your hand was up, you ought to shout. If your hand was up, you ought to run. If your hand was up, you ought to talk in tongues because the day breaking. It's emotions when you cry too. I don't believe in all that stuff. Yeah, but you'll cry a river full, won't you? Jesus Christ has walked into this place today and he is telling you as a church, I have come. I have come just like I told you I would. I've come to do everything I told you I would do. It's time for this church to have a season of joy.
right, here you go. You ready? Some of you sitting right there thinking it's just going to fall on you. I'm going to wait on joy. It don't happen that way. I'm just old enough to remember how to draw water. in here today but if you'll take your spiritual bucket tied to your spiritual rope and let it down you will eat here today saying my tears my tears are gone he had turned my sorrow he had turned my mourning into dancing part of the revival that God's going to give this church is dry eyes in your spiritual medical bag and get out some salve, some balm, some bandages, because this one's going to cut deep. You lied. You lied. You said you had been to hell and back, and you were ready for it to die and be over with, but you're not. Because you'd rather sing, woe is me, may say some of this tonight too you'd rather sit right there and call somebody or pull them aside and tell them what you think that's why your hide hadn't moved in the last three minutes you're not done crying because you make your tears all about you you can write a new verse to your horrible song I don't think like that about you but I don't like tears I don't like sorrow I like joy that cometh in the morning I like joy I speak sing sing me a song and they said how shall we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land and can I paraphrase the answer? And the word of the Lord came back and said, The land doesn't have to do anything with my song. Your circumstances don't dictate my greatness. Your crisis does not deplete my reservoir. I am God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sing me a song. Eat. So you know what we did? We sang. 
started singing the Lord's song. If you really want to come out of your valley, if you're really ready to walk in this new era, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. You don't have to dance, but you ought to worship the Lord. a dud for a party. 
If you're going to get all dressed up and go party, bless your heart, honey, party. You amaze me. You look so good today. You really do. You look so Christian and sophisticated today, but I got a feeling before you met Jesus, you didn't look like you look now. And when you went for a good time, you don't act like you're acting now. We get all And the truth of the matter is You were a dirty rotten scoundrel You were on your way to a devil's hell You were lost You were a drug addict Alcoholic And he loved you enough to clean you up Look he took the bad He didn't take the good He left you the ability to clap your hands and dance He didn't take that from you
just lift our hands all over this place. Hands lifted, voices lifted, and just give God. We're not done. I just think for this season, it ought to be with our hands lifted. Something you say that would give Him honor and credit. Something that you say would express the sentiments of your heart and spirit. Come on, how do you feel about Him today? What do you think about Him today? Has He been good to you today? Tell Him. Tell Him. Tell Him. Come on, visitor. You're standing in this altar seeking the Holy Ghost. This is how it starts. Just lift your hands and tell Him. I may not know a lot about you. I may not know how to communicate. But oh, I feel your presence with me right now. I feel something great on my life right now. I want more of you right now. Forgive me of all my wrongdoing. Forgive me of all the sins of my life. I desire you. I want you. I apologize. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't stop. Come on. Visitors are repenting right now. Don't stop. From my heart, I feel you. I want you. I desire you. My God, I don't want to have to be forced into giving you praise and accolades. I want to do it because you're worthy of it. I want to do it because I'm in love with you. Not because I'm forced to. I want it to become natural to me. going to come out of your heart you stand there long enough thinking about him in a little while it will become your second nature Because you love him. He's worthy of it. It's not something you're mandated to do or required to do or told to do. You're just going to start doing it because you're madly in love with him. Just once you turn mine into the half to is gone now. I want to, the half to is gone now. I want to. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. <laughs> 